0: Metu Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tahuti in the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation. Chapter 8, A Cosmological Guide to the Three Types of Men. Beginning on page 114, Knowledge of Self versus Beliefs Regarding Self. One of the most important teachings to come out of Kemet is that man must place the utmost importance in the quest of knowing his self. The unsuspecting might believe that the acquiring of knowledge of self is a simple act of studying the appropriate literature. but we have already seen in earlier in the earlier part of this chapter that the Shahu man is incapable of acquiring knowledge, which depends on the second division of the spirit which is awakened. And developed in the Ausar man. Unless we experience already pointed out that although unless we experience our true self, we can only believe what we are taught. We have already pointed out that although the spiritual traditions of most nations are in agreement that man is made of made in the likeness of God, that God and man are share the same essential qualities of being there is nothing in the experience of the person who has not evolved above the fourth spirit to give evidence to this fact the evolved man directly experiences knows his divinity in the same manner that we all experience our arms legs etc intellection is neither required or useful it is obvious then that we cannot teach self-knowledge in this or any other book You can only provide information regarding it and the steps towards its realization. A classical technique for the direct response of self has been preserved by the tantric Buddhists of Tibet. Which means it must always be kept in mind that the wisdom tradition of Tibet was taught to them by the blacks of India, the Dravidians. Side note of the Buddhists of Tibet. In the great Tar-Lam yoga or the Mahamudra yoga as it is known in India the Tibetan yoga and secret doctrines the yogi, the yogi assumes a cultivated posture that guarantees full relaxation and the um, unimpeded flow of energy He then engages in a special form of deep, diagrammatic breathing, pot-shaped breathing, which withdraws the focal point of consciousness from the senses and induces a state of trance, characterized by a state in which the mental wakefulness is as much as 50 times the norm. Yet the person is asleep to the physical world or fully detached from it. In this state, the mediator assumes an attitude of complete indifference to the thoughts that enter and leave the sphere of awareness. There is no attempt to engage in thinking, organizing thoughts to a meaningful end, or following up thoughts and ideas that present themselves. This meditation process leads to several experiences. One, there is the clear experience that A, there is an entity that is conscious of thoughts, although this entity can perceive it cannot be perceived b The thoughts come and go independent of the entity that is perceiving them. The fact which we have all experienced is magnified by our inability to suppress thoughts by merely willing it or by those situations when we are trying to recall well-known things to memory and can't c the realization that the rate at which thoughts manifest, the manner in which they are organized, and the dependence of their contents on the breathing leads to the knowledge that thought activity is processed by the spirit and not by the will. Now, this entity that sees, hears, smells, tastes, and feels, yet cannot itself be perceived, is the self. The goal of the yoga of the simultaneously born great symbol, the Maham is to clearly separate the seer, seer from the objects of perception and the formative basis of objects of perception the spirit mind. The great problem in life the great impediment to self-knowledge is the general misperception that one is one's body feeling, mind, etc. Once it is clear that thoughts rise into one's sphere of awareness independent of oneself It is then impossible to identify with the host of thoughts that profess to describe or define our being. I am shy, strong, sick, etc. And once it is clear that the thoughts arise from our bodies, it becomes impossible to identify our spirit as ourself. We realize that, that that which is conscious cannot be perceived itself because it is immaterial ourself. These experiences have many implications for our day-to-day existence. When there is self-knowledge, there is direct experience that the essence of one's being is unconditioned. Therefore, one's true self lacks predetermined automatic behavioral response patterns. There are no automatic thought or emotional reflexes to impel or compel us to act in predetermined ways because our consciousness is focused then in the subjective realm where the energy matter that is the basis of all creation is undifferentiated infinite and eternal this is the foundation of the meaning of the statement that man is the likeness of god when there is knowledge of self there is also the direct experience that for one to incarnate to experience earthly life for its own sake or to enjoy and suffer for the sake of one's person and in the end makes no sense, especially if life is limited to one lifespan. The evolved man ostensibly experiences that his spirit and physical body are not personal properties. Not only is man made up of the likeness of God, but his feelings belong to God. Man has been given the same qualities, same kind of powers because it's God's intention and sole purpose is making man to use his spirit and body in order to enter the live enter and live in his creation. This is the true meaning of glory beyond being done on earth; it is done in as it is done in heaven. These divine powers are not for the purpose of occult psychic display or for the magical accomplishment of our earthly desires but for the furthering of god's divine plan for our true self is the likeness of god then we must then what we must then what must we call the part of those parts of our being that in the early part of our evolution we identify with but are not the likeness of god the term person for this purpose, which literally means through, per, and sound sun, sona, implies that part of our being serves to convey per, a sound sona. This insight, which is totally alien to Westerners, would make full sense to a present-day Dravidian or to an ancient Cometan as it is common practice in their religion to teach people how to manifest any personality type through, their re- through the use of words or power. Metaphysical sound technology. Why would a word that is compounded of sound plus through be used to indicate people's self-image? Skeptics must ponder this question, see if they can come up with an alternative answer. Saint John's words are even more provocative. He states in the New Testament of the Christian Bible that, quote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and came to dwell among the men, end quote. Putting aside the argument that this Word is Jesus, we must ask why is he being equated with a word? that is God and enters flesh. As for the word being Jesus, there is nothing that has that he has done that had not been done and taught by sages before and after him. In fact others have done more and have given the word a better spiritual system. That is another story that we must leave alone, for there is an there's no space nor interest here to go into the question surrounding the diversity of this existence of his existence the fact that many of the teachings the sermon on the mount for example credited to him are thousands of years older than he and so forth what is the greatest importance is the fact that in the midst of all the attempts to render jesus a unique individual the one and the only son of god the authors slip and make jesus state that all men will do greater things in reference to the miracles, which we were supposed to be the evidence of his divinity, thus revealing the divinity in all men, the third sphere of the tree of life in this case. John was not only one, nor the first to equate the word with God, a fact that has gone without comment from biblical scholars. Faithful to the tantric tradition of blacks of India, in the translation of their sacred scriptures, Arthur Avalon in the Serpent Power states, quote, each man in Shiva can attain his power to the degree of his ability to consciously realize himself as such. For various purposes, the Devada are invoked mantra and in devada are one and the same. By practice, with the mantra the presence of the devada is invoked japa or repetition of the mantra is compared to the action of man shaking a sleeper to wake him end quote when a word of power deity is awakened and becomes functional in our psyche we manifest the personality expression that belongs to that particular deity mantra Along with its personality traits, we gain possession of its talents and occult powers. We shall see in future chapters that each of the so-called human mental functions and talents are in reality the expressions of the deities. Once this is understood, then it will be clear that the ancients and Africans do not anthropomorphize. morphos morphosize it's like anthropically morphosize it's like anthropology and morphosize combined anthropomorphosize anthropomorphosize their gods it is the other way around that the gods resemble man is because man is made in the likeness of God and the host of metaphysical intelligences that it has created through which to make and administer the world. That we can take on any personality types through the manipulation of mantras is the logical conclusion of the fact that we are made in the likeness of God. Our true self is no things hence capable of assuming any personality type of knowing and accomplishing all things through time. It is of interest to note that while the common Western belief that each man has a personality, the Kemetic tradition states that each man has, in addition to himself, seven personalities. Ku, the plural of ka, the Kemetic word for the person and personality, and must learn to give full expression to all of them, just not the NATO personality that dominates the early part of our incarnation. Religion an analysis of the world religion shows that it is composed of Latin prefix re, meaning again, back, plus leger, meaning tie, bind, fasten. From the preceding, we have seen that the Shahu man, because he is not involved above seventh spear, is incapable of intuiting the ties between things. Thus, he is the man that is in need of religious instruction to tie, bind, or fasten him back to something with which he has originally been one and belonged to by natural connectivity. Ooh. The original oneness is implied by the prefix re, back again. It is important to note that the word yoga also bears a similar meaning to yoke, to unite, although it lacks the meaning component of the prefix for, again, the th- the things he has lost his oneness with are the supreme being other men other creatures and all other things and in as the world it also signifies the inability to unite the will with the spirit at will as he identifies with his physical body he believes that he is a separate existence and thus looks out for himself at the expense of a whole just the opposite is true for the Alsar man as he developed the first fear of the tree of life. He does not need religious instruction as it is the natural function of his faculty to intuit and establish unity amongst all things in as the world. He is already tied, bound, fastened as a natural essence of his being. What is already tied cannot be nor need be retied. The term religion is also related to the Indo-European root leg, meaning to collect from whence the Greek legin, the Latin legere, meaning logic and legal law. The men who coined the word before had in mind that it is a system to collect or unite things that belong together by logic and natural law once more it is clear that the shahu man who is in need of instructions regarding the legitimate and logical ties between things as the fourth sphere of the tree is the faculty wherein is understood the laws that govern and connect things and events ab men who have developed this faculty are truly able to practice religion unfortunately the issue is not combined confined to the education of shahu men in religious matters as religion is a natural product and function of the higher faculties zero through six it can only be truly practiced by people who have brought forth these faculties when it is taught to shahu men they cannot help but bring it down to their level of perception if the first and fourth spheres within are within one are dominant are dormant, the most that one can achieve is the belief in the teachings regarding the oneness underlying events as opposed to the actual knowledge of it. The experience and thus the capacity to live according to the shaping forces of unity is lacking. This is the reason for the fact that there are so many bigots, haters, and segregationists in high religious places. They comprehend the doctrine of Oneness, but find it impossible to live it, earnings thus the smear of hypocrisy. In reality, they are not. There is nothing inside of them that can respond to the religious values of their true level. The light shines in the darkness, which fails to comprehend it. When we consider the fact that the Shahu man is dominated by mental faculties that cannot perceive, the unity between things, it is easy to see how his attempt to practice religion is full of fatal contradictions. Despite religion's central theme of unity, we find him invoking God to aim aid him in van, vanquishing his enemies, claiming that God has given him the right to enslave the generations of him, claiming that women cannot hold the highest religious offices, etc., the fact that Shahu Man is unable to truly understand abstract categories shows up in his misunderstanding of the term God. To him, the term God represents a concrete entity, hence his use of the term as a proper noun. In the African tradition, the term is an abstract relational category. Like the terms governor, president, etc., it denotes that all that presides or has dominion over sphere of activity. The African scholar therefore has no problem in understanding that a supreme God can create and administer the world through a number of agencies to whom have been delegated dominion or presidency or governorship or Godship over specific spheres of activity. There is no different, this is no different from the hierarchical administrations of the psychological functions Of our bodies, uh, or of the government of a nation, business, etc. Once we understand the categorical, relational, abstractness of the term God, then we are in a position to understand how man and God are of the same category of being, and that so-called polytheism is in reality a synthism, syntheism that is a whole compound of several integral parts acting in concert with each other to fulfill the will of a whole. But the Shahu faculties fear seven and nine cannot perceive the connection between things and fails thus to see the unity between the gods with each other and with the supreme God as they close their minds at the outset of all the teachings that expound the the, Deities, they fail to avail themselves of the assistance that such knowledge can bring to them. Imagine a person who believes that all of his problems must be solved by the supreme leader, the president of the country. When Shahu Man sees Aosar men healing and affecting nature through the power of their spirit, he then talks ignorantly but fluently, of course, about miracles, the supernatural, spiritual gifts only son of god etc here ends the reading at page 120 in the section of knowledge of self versus beliefs regarding self religion chapter 8 the analysis of the cosmos ooh that is not chapter 8 chapter 8 the cosmological guide to the three types of man.